0: Just a note before we start, our show talks about touchy subjects that may be difficult for some of our listeners. Take care of yourself. If you feel you need to seek help, see the links at the end of our show notes for resources. Hey y'all, and welcome to Touchy Subjects Podcast the podcast that aims to break the silence that tends to come with conversations around domestic and sexual violence. I'm Sean.
1: And I'm Amanda.
0: And today we're going to be talking about homelessness. And also, this is probably the first episode, Amanda, that you and I have done in like months where it's just us.
1: Yeah, it is. So
0: hopefully you guys like our voices because it's only going to be us two today.
1: Lucky audience.
0: But uh, so we're doing an episode on homelessness, which Might sound odd because our podcast premise is talking about domestic and sexual violence, but those of you who are listening who probably know, people who are experiencing homelessness are also at a greater risk for experiencing violence against them, which includes domestic and sexual violence, but also vice versa. Those who have experienced domestic and sexual violence are also potentially at a greater risk for experiencing homelessness, so they kind of go hand in hand. And because November is Homelessness Awareness Month, we figured this would be a good time to do an episode on homelessness as well as the intersections that come with it. And then also kind of having a discussion on what things that we can do in our communities to help address not only homelessness, but also address those intersections as well.
1: And of course, for many people, it is a touchy subject.
0: Yes. (laughs) Uh, Especially considering that the... uh, you know, just stereotypes that people tend to have of people who are homeless or how they tend to feel about having homeless people in their communities or when we go to try to address homelessness. They're like, oh yeah, I think it's great that we would do that, but I don't want that to happen in my backyard. So.
1: Yeah, so maybe to- let's just start with that. We can start with some of those stigmas that kind of are associated with homelessness. Um, and the fact that Even if people are willing to talk about it, if they're willing to try and do something about it, most people don't think that it happens in their community. Um, You know, media has given us this unrealistic expectation of what homelessness looks like and, um, you know, it's not always groups of people living underneath the overpass. Well, yes, that happens and it can and does frequently happen, Um, There's a lot of, a lot of other factors of homelessness. There's a lot of other places um, that you can see those people. And especially in states that have cold winters, like where Sean and I live and work in Michigan. um, You know, you're you're not going to see those people as often out on the street strictly because it's five degrees outside. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're staying in warming houses or they're couch surfing, or they're staying in places that aren't meant to be inhabited by humans. So there's just a lot of, a lot of different ways that, um, people can easily ignore the problem. And so we'd like to talk about some of those things.
0: Yeah. So looking really quickly at, kind of some of the things that you mentioned in there, Amanda, Uh, homelessness can be broken down kind of into four different types really of homelessness. So the one that most people tend to often think about is that for someone who is chronically homeless. So somebody who isn't couch surfing, someone who they constantly see on the streets doing things like panhandling or just like sleeping outside. Those are the people who are chronically homeless. They don't have anywhere else to really go. And really that's about 17% of people who experience homelessness Um, So it's a very small number compared to all of the people who are experiencing these other kinds of homelessness. Um, And typically the people who are chronically homeless are people who have a lot more like mental health um, issues that they're dealing with, kind of things along those lines. Um, So when we're looking at homelessness, then other than the chronically homeless, you have people who are just kind of like transitionally homeless. So people who have experienced some kind of like really traumatic event or some real hardship that now they really don't know nowhere know, know to go so like looking at the hurricanes that have happened in florida for the past like month the two that have gone through if somebody's house were to get destroyed by a hurricane well they have nowhere to go now they're transitionally homeless they may have to look for other means to kind of live somewhere for a while um, someone who's experiencing domestic or sexual violence who is no longer safe in their home while if they're staying at a shelter like where Amanda and I work, that person's transitionally homeless. If somebody is experiencing episodic homelessness, that's somebody who's experienced, I think it, they haven't it said it to three, but it's someone who experiences multiple type, multiple instances of homelessness in a 12-month setting. So if you're just really, really unlucky and have three hurricanes hit your house at three different times of year because you live somewhere apparently that has hurricanes all year and not just in a specific season, that person would be experiencing episodic homelessness. And then there's the hidden homelessness, which are people who are hidden. They're not on statistical data because they're not being found. So those are the people who are couch surfing. These are usually younger people, so like young adults and kids, who are just kind of like jumping house to house or couch to couch because they needed somewhere to sleep.
1: And so a lot of times that's also referred to as doubling up. Um, so if you move to a new city or if you experienced some kind of hardship that uh, makes you need to leave your house, but you have a family member or a friend or something that, you know, they, maybe they have an extra room or they let you stay on your couch. Um, so those, those things can be considered also doubling up. And so that's a term you'll hear a lot when discussing homelessness as well.
0: Yeah. So when we're looking at homelessness, we have to make sure we're taking into account all of these different like types of homelessness. Because while yes, someone who is chronically homeless maybe experience is experiencing homelessness more often than someone who's transitionally homeless. These people all experience very similar vulnerabilities that have kind of either allowed for them to fall into homelessness. Or because they have experienced homelessness, there's now vulnerabilities to other things that are taking place as well. Um, The example that we can use or that I would like to use is when I talk to talk about human trafficking, we'll do education on if somebody is couch surfing and they are providing the people who they are staying with sex to be able to stay in their homes, that's a form of human trafficking. That person is using that victim's body and then allowing them to stay in their house because they needed somewhere to stay so someone who has nowhere to go they're at increased risk of that an increased risk of human trafficking because they may decide well i guess having sex with this person is going to be a quote-unquote better living situation for me than to just have to be on the streets at least i have at least i have a warm place to stay especially if that's the middle of winter, like those are two bad options, but what's the worst option?
1: Yeah. And so, um, something else that I think we really need to kind of touch on is the fact that this isn't just single people who are out there, um, you know, living life and experiencing homelessness. This can be families. This can be, um, you know, a parent and children. So, um, statistically there are about 70% of the people who are experiencing homelessness are individuals, single people. And so that leaves 30% of people experiencing homelessness that are families um many times with young children, with babies and um you know you think about how hard it is for a single person to maintain employment while they're homeless or while they're couch surfing. Um, it's also extremely hard for children or unaccompanied youth who are experiencing homelessness to keep up with school. So they might be changing schools a lot because they're bouncing from district to district. Um, they may drop out of school because it just becomes too much of a burden to continue going. And so we've got children who are experiencing homelessness who are at a much higher risk than of, um, either not graduating or falling behind um, in such a way that they're going to either graduate late or eventually just give up and not graduate as well.
0: Yeah. One of the stereotypes that I think often gets associated with people who are experiencing homelessness is that they're just not working. But a lot of people who experience homelessness are working jobs. It's just the jobs that they're working aren't providing them with enough income to be able to, afford to stay where they might have been staying with rent prices increasing so much with home prices increasing so much like it's incredibly difficult for people to be able to afford to stay places sometimes a lot of people maybe had to pay like over 50 percent of what they're making in a month that goes directly towards their rent that's a big ask for someone who's experiencing already having a job that's probably going to be lower pay
1: Yeah. And based on like, so in Michigan, um, based on like the fair market value, a two bedroom apartment would cost um, an individual who is making minimum wage 77 hours a week. So if you are a single mom with one or two kids and you've got your kids doubling up a bedroom, you're looking at 77 hours a week. You would have to work to be able to afford that. That's just not that's not feasible. It's not something that um, is sustainable. So, yeah, maybe you can do it for a little bit, but um, it, it's not something that's going to help break this cycle of homelessness that we're seeing.
0: Especially when you consider that when someone's going to apply for a job, often part of that is putting where they live on the resume. So even if you have access to the Internet and you're going through and filling out a resume – what happens when you're filling stuff out online when you're trying to f- submit something that has a required area for you to put put in? Well, if they have no permanent address. They can't even fill that thing out. So there's just a potential barrier right there for them to be able to even get a second job. Or maybe they were let go and that's what led them to be homelessness. They can't apply for a job now because they have no permanent address. So when we're having discussions on homelessness, we have to really focus on what barriers are put in place that not only allow for somebody to experience homelessness, but what barriers are in place to allow for someone that that would block somebody who is experiencing homelessness to get out of experiencing that.
1: And one of the biggest problems that we see, and I'm sure this is the same in, in many counties across the United States, is a lack of affordable housing. Um so I don't know if you have tried to find an apartment to rent in the last year or tried to move houses. Um I mean we all saw the kind of housing market craze where houses were going for you know huge percentages over what their asking price was in cash sales like that's, that's not feasible for most of America. And then we've got, you know, an entire city where we have, say, 10,000 people all looking for an apartment right now, and there's only 1,000 apartments out there available to rent. So people who are managing these properties, the landlords, they see this huge you know, influx of the supply or the demand for this tiny supply and that's driving prices up. So all of these things just kind of start to snowball into um, just detriment to people who are experiencing homelessness because they can't get out of the cycle.
0: Yeah. Or say someone wanted to go to, like wanted to stay in a homeless shelter, which is an option, but it might not be an option for all of them especially when you consider that there's very limited beds. Anybody listening to this who works for a domestic or sexual violence shelter probably also understands you're usually operating in a, in a way that means you're at capacity most, if not all year round. So when your shelters are at capacity, it creates almost a competition. There was a, a video that I saw of somebody talking about what it was like for them to experience living in a homeless shelter and they had an 8 p m curfew if you weren't there at 8 p m your bed could be given up was given to somebody else and you had to be out of there at like 7 a m so regardless of what your work schedule looked like you had to be had to be there at 8 p m or that door was closed and you could not get in to get a bed and you had to be out at 7 a m well one if you work night shift that's definitely not going to work for you so you're going to have to sleep somewhere else because you can't sleep in that shelter and if you have a curfew of 8 p m and you aren't there so let's say you get out of work at 8 o'clock, well, your bed's gone. So you just have nowhere to stay now because that shelter isn't available to you. And shelter, those shelters are often operating at or over capacity. So again, they're going to have to sleep somewhere because they aren't able to stay in that shelter.
1: Right. And so we have people who are homeless who are living in hotels or... Um, sleeping in a camper or, um, you know, just a, a whole bunch of different scenarios out there. And so if you are staying in a place that's not meant for human habitation, um, so like you said, you know, you're, you're squatting in an abandoned building or, um, a condemned house or something of that nature, then, um, that's, that's still homelessness. So, you might not see those people because they're not out just sitting on a bench in the park covered up in newspapers like your um, like you know, the TV, movie media representation of homelessness, but they're there. And that's one of the things about Homeless Awareness Month is that we just want to keep raising awareness for the fact that even if you're not seeing them, they're there and they still need our help.
0: Yeah. To kind of jump back a little bit, because so we did talk about um, employment and possible barriers that were in place for people experiencing homelessness, well, one of the stereotypes that comes with people who are experiencing homelessness is that they commit crimes. So if you're seeing somebody who is applying for a job and that person is homeless, they might not have a, a location for an address. Or if the location for their address is the area of town where the section eight housing is, or if maybe because they've been homeless, they have a criminal record now because oftentimes behaviors that people might have to do while ex- be experiencing homelessness might be considered criminal or considered crimes. So they have a record that hinders their ability to get positions and get jobs then. So you're really not helping them get out of that cycle. Because now they can't apply or get jobs because of they, because they have experienced homelessness.
1: And, you know, I think it's important also to talk about, you know, when Sean said some of the things that they may have had to, to do or to face because of experiencing homelessness has caused them to have a record. That doesn't mean that these are the people that, you know, broke into someone's house or broke into someone's car. There are ordinances in townships all over the country where because of the circumstances of, you know, their homelessness, they may have been picked up by the police because they were in an area of town where they weren't supposed to be in after a certain curfew or they're not allowed to fall asleep on the street. They'll get picked up by the police. Or they're not allowed to loiter in front of this building or outside of Meijer or in the store where it's warm. Um, And so they get picked up by police and they have a record strictly because of the circumstances of them being without shelter.
0: Yeah, Or maybe they were out panhandling and you have ordinances that say panhandling is illegal. You can't do that here. So we have all of these different policies that are put in place in our communities that are actively making it more difficult for those experiencing homelessness to not only get out of homelessness but are also just making it more diff- their lives more difficult because they're experiencing it.
1: And so that's part of like the the system change that we need to look at is we need to start de- decriminalizing these things that really are just an act of circumstance because if you're panhandling because you need this money and you can't get a job because you don't have a permanent address, because you lost another job and are now experiencing homelessness because your kid got sick and you had to take the time off work and your boss didn't want to give you the time off, so they fired you. If you look at how easy it is to go from you know, a regular person working and just making it by and, you know, maybe you don't have a big savings account or things to fall back on, but you're making it. It's so easy to make that transition to now you are someone with a criminal background and homeless and no way out.
0: It's I feel like part of me has like a vested interest in conversations around homelessness. Not because I've experienced experienced it but because i know how close my family was to experiencing it knowing that my family went through a having a lot of medical debt and having the house our house get foreclosed had my grandpa not been able to sign on as like a co-loan person for my parents to get a able to them for us to move into a trailer we would have been homeless it's like i can like when you talk about like how quickly that circumstance can change, like all it took was my parents having a lot of medical debt and then my dad getting laid off of work and boom, we were very close to having to be homeless or at at the very least having to couch surf. So you can, it's, it's the thing from like Batman and Joker is like, all it takes is like one bad day to kind of like, change somebody's life it's from The Killing Joke it's one of my favorite uh, graphic novels but really most people are just one really really bad day away from having a lot of their life circumstances change and I feel like if people more focused on that aspect because it's really hard apparently to get people to care about other people But if we could convince them like you're also just like one bad day away from having to experience this, this and this, they're like, "Mm, maybe I should care about that a bit more, which is also probably just like my cynical side coming out a bit. But if we look at the things in our communities that are in place that are making it difficult for people who are experiencing homelessness to live or get out of homelessness and we change that, not only are we better insulating ourselves for if we ever were to experience homelessness, but we're also making our community better because you have more people who are able to be contributors in the way that I guess like people would want people to contribute to society because it still sounds bad to say like people who are homeless aren't contributing to society. Like That sounds awful because that's not true, but the stereotype that people would have of someone who's experiencing homelessness might be that which is why you'll have people say like, oh, I don't want this low-income housing to be in my neighborhood because if, I, if, we, if, we, if we bring, quote-unquote, those people into my neighborhood, we're going to increase crime, my property values are going to go down. But you can see how someone who's experiencing homelessness has been almost kind of set up to where they're going to have to be viewed as somebody who is committing crimes because you have policies in your communities that are actively criminalizing homelessness
1: and just the the way those stereotypes and those stigmas are it sets people up to view someone else as lesser than yeah it's a huge opportunity for that othering situation and you know that in itself is what leads to so many different forms of violence that occur in communities because someone is viewed as lesser than. So if we want to, you know, make this move toward, you know, a violence-free community, um, being able to take that homelessness stigma out of it is one huge step to being able to prevent violence from happening
0: the conversation on if we wanted to prevent homelessness also comes down to the conversation that we usually have and we want to prevent violence is if we want to prevent these things from taking place we have to understand how our community views specific groups of people address those viewpoints in our community because if we can change how people view them they aren't going to other them they aren't going to view them as less than, and therefore they're not going to treat them differently, and therefore they're at less risk of violence or homelessness. Because we know that people who are in the LGBTQ plus community, they experience homelessness on a, at a higher rate than people who are straight, or people who aren't a part of the LGBTQ plus community. And that is in part due to the fact that many communities tend to other members of the LGBTQ community or just simply their parents kicked them out of their house because they didn't, quote-unquote, agree with their lifestyle. So now they're pushed into homelessness simply for existing.
1: And once you start pushing people into homelessness, you're going to start pushing them to, you know, consider things in their lives that they may not have considered before. So whether that's, you know... Um, like Sean was talking about earlier with human trafficking. If you think that human traffickers aren't out there looking for people who are experiencing homelessness because of their vulnerability and being able to say to them, oh, well, you don't want to live on the street? Well, here, come do these things and I'll give you a place to stay. And then they get sucked into that cycle, which is a whole nother conversation that we could have. But the fact of the matter is, if they had never experienced that first bout of homelessness, then maybe they would have never been contacted by that human trafficker and, you know, them would not have fallen into whatever the situation is that follows.
0: Yeah. So really at the risk of sounding like a broken record because every prevention episode that we do is going to include this. Look at your behaviors look at the jokes you make, look at the comments that you make about groups of people. Because again, I'm not going to sit here and be at my high horse and tell you I've never told or laughed at a racist or sexist or homophobic joke. Because I have, and I'm willing to bet that most people, if not everyone listening and whoever's existed, have done those things. But if we're looking at how we can address homelessness address violence is we have to look at how we can change people's perspectives on groups of people in our communities also just get rid of like harmful infrastructure for those experiencing homelessness because that's like not helpful at all like why should benches have arm bars between them why should there be spikes underneath overpasses like all that's doing is hurting people who are already hurting
1: And all it is is saying, like, we know that you exist and we're not going to do anything about the fact that you exist. We just don't want you to exist here.
0: Yeah, We also need to look at getting policies put in place that are going to continue to support social services because those social services are going to be the things that are really kind of like lifelines for people who are experiencing homelessness because those social services are the things that are going to help them get out of it. And if you don't want people to experience homelessness in your community, you're going to want to make sure that those support systems are put in place to make sure that those people don't experience it or don't experience it or are able to get out of it if they are experiencing it. Well, thank you all for listening today. Uh, please feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Touchy TouchySubsPod to keep up to date with when we have new episodes coming out as well as just a lot of other stuff that we put out there. Please email us any questions, comments, or concerns to touchysubjectspodcast at gmail.com. And please rate and follow us on your favorite podcast listening app. It really does help the show out.
1: And in the meantime, don't be afraid to challenge, ask, and discuss when it comes to touchy subjects.